Welcome to Bite Size Podcast today. Today we continue looking at our third love subtopic, displaying love. We look at how love is captured through scripture, how it's displayed through the words of scripture and the lives of the human beings that God uses within the verses of scripture how love shows itself in their lives and in their interactions we're busy looking at some examples of these and looking at how these individuals like us lived out love in their lives we're still focusing on the theme on love this theme is covered in multiple episodes this is episode 17 of this theme and thank you for joining us we looked yesterday at the life of Abraham and how the love of God was evident in his life how God showed himself faithful in the life of Abraham and how Abraham held on to the promises that God had given him because he understood that love never fails he understood that love was patient and he knew that whatever god had given him and promised him god would would fulfill it because he would never fail his word he says he watches over his word to perform it that's who our love is that's who our god is And when we looked at the life of Abraham, we looked at all the promises he had been given and how it took time and years for it to manifest, for God to show his faithfulness. But there was never a doubt in Abraham's mind, even when God had given him the son that he longed for, Isaac, when God asked for him, Abraham was ever willing to give to God what God had given to him because he understood these principles of love and he understood who God was. In fact, he goes further even when Isaac is asking him, he says, Father, I see the wood and I see the fire, but where is the lamb for the sacrifice? Abraham, speaking about what God would do in the future, says God will provide for himself a lamb. And we saw how that lamb is the gift of love that God gave to the world to a fallen world that could not be redeemed except through love so today I want us to look at another stalwart of faith I want us to look at the life of a prophet by the name of Hosea Now we won't go into the whole book of Hosea, but we'll pick up from the first three chapters and show how God displays his love and how Hosea displays love in his life. Now this is one of my favorite books and I'm afraid if I sit on it too much, I might just get lost. But before we delve into this, I just want us to take a reminder again 
the 19 characteristics the Apostle Paul showed us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to verse 8. This is what we said they are. <coughs> Number one, we said love endures long. Number two, love is patient. Number three, love is never envious. Number four, love does not boil over with jealousy. Number five, love is not boastful or vainglorious. Number six, we said love does not display itself heartily. Number seven, we said love is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. Number eight, we said it is not rude. Number nine, we said it does not act unbecomingly. Number ten, we said it does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Number eleven, we said it is not self-seeking. Number 12, we said it is not touchy or fretful or resentful. Number 13, we said it takes no account of evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Number 14, we said it does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. Number 15, we said it rejoices when right and truth prevails. Number 16, we said it bears up under anything and everything that comes. Number 17, we said it is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Number 18, we said its hopes are faithless under all circumstances. It endures everything without weakening. And the last number 19, we said love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. Now I've entitled today's teaching, Mirror Mirror, A Life of a Prophet. And I've done this because when you look at the life of Hosea, you see a serious example of a surrendered life. You see a mirror of what the scripture says when it says surrender yourself to him. And when you surrender to love and become a message of love, your life is like looking into a mirror of who God is and what he's willing to do for love. So like I said, Hosea is one of my favorite books in the Bible because of how a simple man surrendered everything he had for God to use him however he willed to speak to a rebellious nation to a nation that constantly rejected God's love and chose other things apart from God's love. 
and yet God wanted to remind them of how much he loved them. And he used the life of a surrendered man called Hosea. And when God is being rejected by Israel, it's not just looking at speaking to them about what they were doing. But he also wants to speak to them about how he would reject them based on their actions but eventually win them back, eventually purchase them back to himself. He talks about how their disobedience would lead them into a halotry with other nations, where they would whore themselves out to other nations and other gods. But the love of God would always be there, would always be available to them waiting for them to return to him. In fact, he would pay a price for them to be returned back to him. And we know this price was paid for all of us through Jesus the Messiah. You see, this is a story of how God, through his love, can patiently use the life of just one man over many years to speak to a rebellious nation and trying to call them back to him. So let us delve into it. Number one, love bears under anything and everything. It is not self-seeking. In Hosea chapter 1, verses 1 to verse 3, we introduced to Hosea and it reads the following. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea, son of Beri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, king of, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, son of Joash, king of Israel. When the Lord first spoke with and through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go, take yourself a wife of halotry and have children of her halotry. For the land commits great whoredom by departing from the Lord. So he went and took Goma, the daughter of Diblaim, and she became pregnant and bore him a son. So God instructs the prophet Hosea to go and get himself a wife, but not just any wife, a wife of harlotry. And not just to marry her, but to get yourself children of harlotry with her. Now I know many of us today, if we were given such an instruction, would start casting the devil out and praying in tongues and all of those things because our minds are channeled to always be self-centered and think it's about us we always think that when God uses us it must be in a way that we would enjoy that we would like and that would cause us some benefit 
Mm, that's painful. But here we read of a man who is fully surrendered to God. And in his state of full surrender, he is told to go get a wife. Which is a good thing. But the instruction is to get a wife that is unfaithful. Is to get a wife that prostitutes herself to other men. You see, love commands total surrender to the will of God. I'll say that again. Love commands total surrender to the will of God. It demands that we do what God has called us to do in the way he has called us to do it. Hosea could have gotten any wife he desired. But he had to surrender to the will of God even though it looked like it was not good for him. What Hosea understood was that to be used by God means to be a vessel for him. Now I've never seen a vessel instruct its master what to use it for and how to use it. The vessel becomes the carrier of whatever the master chooses to pour into it. And it works however the master wants it to work. You see, in the same way, love compels us to be true vessels that are fully surrendered to the will of God because we understand that sometimes it's just, it's just not about us. Love is not self-seeking. It does not beat its own drum. And it endures long. Other versions will say it is long-suffering. Now God continues speaking to the prophet and he says he must make children of harlotry with his wife. And the prophet yields to the instruction of God because love does not insist on its own right or its own ways. True love for God is total surrender and yielding to his will for our lives as we see with the prophet Hosea. Now Hosea gets up to three kids that we are told about in the first chapter with his wife. And I want to go through the names of these three kids because even in naming them, God instructs him how to name them. But even in that, God is still using the life of the prophet to speak to his nation. The name of the first is Jezreel which means the Lord sows. This is the first son of Hosea. God instructs Hosea to name his firstborn Jezreel because a lot of murder, a lot of violence, a lot of sin had taken place in the valley of Jezreel at the hands of the rulers of Israel. Innocent blood had been shed. And as we know, love does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. In fact, if you want to know more about this valley of Jezreel and what happened there, you can go read in the book of 1 Kings chapter 21, verses 1 to 16. 
hear your, your story of a king called Ahab and his wife called Jezebel who caused the men to be falsely accused and killed, murdered so that Ahab could have the men's vineyard. A grave injustice that love did not forget and was about to bring judgment over Israel. And the second child of Hosea, who was a daughter, God instructed him to call her Loruhama, which means not pitied. Hosea's daughter was named not pitied. This name represented the withdrawal of God's love and grace over Israel. And we see this in verses 6 and 7 of chapter 1 of Hosea. It reads like this. And Goma conceived again and bore a daughter. And the Lord said to Hosea, Call her name Loruhama, or not pitied. For I will no more have love, pity, and mercy on the house of Israel that I should in any way pardon them. But I will have love, pity, and mercy on the house of Judah and will deliver them by the Lord their God and will not save them by bow, nor by sword, nor by equipment of war, nor by horses, nor by horsemen. Now, as I was thinking about this, you know, it, it's something else to have love turn his back on you. God had had enough of the violence and the sin in the nation of Israel. He had had enough of their shenanigans and was withdrawing his love and mercy and pity from Israel because of the rebellion, because of the sin, and because of the bloodshed. It always amazes me when we abuse the mercies of God and think it's just going to be there forever. And we live our lives recklessly because we know that He has provided mercies every morning. Those mercies are not meant for our abuse, but our use. We see countless examples of that that when we trample on love, love can withdraw from us. We see this in the beginning with Adam, that because of sin, death entered the picture. The ground was cursed before, because of his rebellion. You see, the love of God is always available for us. But the Bible reminds us in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 6 that for the Lord corrects and disciplines everyone whom he loves and he punishes, even scourges every son whom he accepts and welcomes to his heart and cherishes. You see, love brings correction. It's not swayed. does not move away from justice. And the third child 
um, was a son that Hosea had and God instructed him to call him Loami which means not my people God was rejecting the people of Israel whom he had chosen for himself you cannot continually poison love through your sin and expect God to always show mercy by not letting the consequences of sin manifest in your life the bible tells us that the wages of sin is death and that cost of sin has to be paid separation from god is death eternal death and when god was choosing to say to the children of israel not my people he was letting the eventual consequence of their sin take its course but we said all this time while talking about love that love never fails never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end it's quite fascinating to me that we see this immediately after god named Hosea's third child. In chapter 1 of Hosea, verses 9 to verses 11, we read, And the Lord said, Call his name Lo-Ami, not my people, for you are not my people, and I am not your God. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. and instead of it being said to them you are not my people it shall be said to them sons of the living god then shall the children of judah and the children of israel be gathered together and appoint themselves one head and they shall go up out of the land for great shall be the day of jezreel for a spiritual reborn israel and a divine offspring the people whom the lord has blessed a people that had been shunned and rejected a cult back in into life because love never gives up on its own the love that god had for israel could not allow him to turn his back on them forever his love ushered in the mercy that israel needed to continue to survive although they deserved worse God's love for them could not let them be utterly destroyed we see this also in genesis chapter 6 in the story of noah where the world was filled with violence and sin and the bible tells us that it repented god that he had made man but noah found favor the eyes of God. Noah reminded God of the love he had in the beginning when he chose to create men. And thus mankind survived because of this love. Here we see in the life of the prophet Hosea, in fact God orders Hosea to go and buy his wife back. as a symbol of what God is saying here and showing love and mercy for Israel. 
We read in chapter 3 of Hosea. It's a small chapter, so we will read all of it. It says this. Then said the Lord to me, Go again, love the same woman, whom is beloved of a paramour, and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel. Though they tend to other gods and love cakes of raisins used in the sacrificial feast of idol worship. So I bought her for 15 pieces of silver and a homer and a half of barley, the price of a slave. And I said to her, You shall be betrothed to me for many days. You shall not play the harlot and you shall not belong to another man. So will I also be to you until you have proved your loyalty to me and our marital relations may be resumed. For the children of Israel shall dwell and sit deprived many days without a king or prince, without sacrifice or idolatrous pillar, and without effort, a garment worn by priests when seeking divine counsel, or teraphim. Afterwards shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God, inquiring of and requiring him, and from the line of David their king of kings, and they shall come in anxious fear to the Lord and to his goodness and his good things in the latter days. Love will always outlast everything and love always has a salvation plan for us. It bears up under anything and everything. It is unchanging. It never fails. And it never ceases. Saints, it is in this love, in the love of God, the love that God has for us, that we know who God is. He's patient with us in all things, wanting us to live in righteousness and unselfishness by calling others to him, making disciples of them, knowing that the mercy and the grace he shows us, we ought to show to others. Remaining resilient in spite of all opposition and circumstances that we find ourselves under bearing up under anything and everything because we carry within us a love and it never fails. An ever-enduring love that is filled with hope. Hosea resembles this love and displayed it through his life. Not many of us would have surrendered to this level. Yet this is what God is calling us to. This is what love is calling us to to yield ourselves to him, called to surrender, to love completely so that he can display himself in and through us. The Apostle Paul puts it like this in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 to 17. He says, For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, 
then all died. And he died for all, so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standards of value. No, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human point of view and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, he is a new creation. The old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. Love commands the fresh and the new to come. Love commands us to die to self that Christ may live in and through us. Loving God is shown when we lay down our lives to be used by Him according to His will. Friends, we'll end our discussion here today. Please do join us tomorrow. Well, please do join us on Monday as we look at our last example of how love is displayed through the scriptures. You really don't want to miss it. Well, if you want to get in contact with us or you have questions about this episode, past episodes or any other Bible-related questions that you might have, please send them to us through our social media pages. On Facebook, it's Bite Sized. On Twitter, it's at Bite underscore Word. On Instagram, it's Bite Word. Or you can send us an email on bitesized0 at gmail.com. Again, thank you for tuning in. And goodbye.